0: Welcome back to another installment of the Young Mama podcast with your host, Lela Mashatile. I hope that you guys are good. Hope that you're taking good care of yourselves and your families. And look, I must say, thank you so much for all the feedback that I'm getting on Instagram, on the actual podcast itself, on the various platforms. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for following through and for listening week in and week out. You know, not so long ago, we did a podcast series titled The Dream is Still On. We had a few amazing women come to share their young mama stories, which we all know by now that it has its own challenges. But I found that with every guest that came to the show, I found one thing that they had in common. They all had to make a decision that they were going to go against the odds. To say the dream is still on, is not just a declaration to tickle our egos it's a decision that every young mom has to make to say i'm still me i have an identity separate to my experiences or even the labels that are sometimes attached to me and all of this is admirable i love to see women and young moms especially reach their full potential and defy the odds i love it but you know this really got me thinking hey. There is absolutely nothing wrong with external achievements. They're awesome. But how are you doing internally? You know, we can get so caught up in celebrating what we have externally achieved, but how's your soul doing? How are you doing emotionally? How are you doing mentally? How's that affecting how we show up in the world? Now, we're in a season as the world, really, that has forced everybody to sit down and be with themselves for a change. This season has forced people to go inside and to really reflect on their lives. Did we really enjoy the lives we lived pre-COVID? Or does this season reveal that it was actually dysfunctional? Do we really need the friends we thought we couldn't live without? Do you like your job? Do you like where you live? do you like your life? Are you happy? You know, all these questions are questions that seem to come up in this season because we do have time to think about this stuff for a change. But for me, this season has been a season that I've called a season of removing the covers because sometimes external achievements operate as covers for what we'd rather not face deep down in our souls. It's suddenly a period where we're all forced to stay home, our routines are disrupted, and display rules totally broken. This season probably serves many functions right now. But for some of us, and for me, this season I know for sure came to ask me, How's your soul doing? (laughs) So I really, really wanted to share some thoughts with you around this theme tending our souls. And by that I mean our thoughts and our emotions. I know people have many, many definitions for what the soul consists of. But for the purpose of this conversation, I'm talking about the thought life. I'm, I'm talking about our thought life and even our emotions. And so I want to talk a bit more about this tending of the soul. I think that the soul operates like a magnet. That the external success we seek is attracted to the internal success of our souls. And so here's the thing, right? We live in a time and, you know, we're ra- we were raised in a time, in a space, where we've been told that don't listen to your emotions, don't get driven by how you feel. And I say this for me, in Christian circles, this has been the rhetoric. So the sentiment is discard emotions, they're bad and they will mislead you. But I find that a missing part of that story is then what is the role of emotions in a person's life? I mean, why would God give us things we don't need? On the other extreme is this whole notion of positive thinking that says you are the sum total of the thoughts you think, and so everything you think will be attracted to your life. That's also a bit scary, I must say, to some degree, because the number of things I've thought that I didn't want to happen would have long manifested, and I thank God that they didn't. Now, I totally think that there's some truth to both the statements on emotions and thoughts, but here's something that I think is missing, for me at least. In terms of our thought life and its impact on our external lives, Craig Grushel puts it this way. Our lives will move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. In essence, he's saying, if we stay with certain thoughts for a length of time, eventually we will act on what we think and our decisions will have external outcomes, good or bad. So then the question becomes, how does what I think serve me? Your thoughts are meant to serve you well and not ill. Tending to the soul is not about denying that we have thoughts or beliefs or emotions that do not serve us. But tending the soul is about making sure that although we have emotions and thoughts and even sometimes limiting beliefs, these emotions and thoughts don't have to have us. There is a difference between having a thought and an emotion versus the emotion and the thought having you. And so when emotions and thoughts have you, they control your decisions, the outcomes of your life, and even your interactions. I think it's important to recognize that emotions or feelings are just data. That's exactly what they are. Data. It's information. It's telling us something, whether good or bad. They're there to give us signals. But we will never listen to our emotions and what they tell us if we suppress or Or discard them. It's important to ask yourself, what is my heart trying to tell me? When you feel a certain pain in your body, it's your body's way of telling you that something is wrong and needs attention. So, why can't we hear our hearts when they tell us that something is wrong and needs attention? I don't get it. But I think what most people probably don't get, and why there's this whole rhetoric around not listening to your emotions and suppress them rather, Is because some people just don't know how to deal with emotions. Because how we use the data in our emotions is a completely separate issue. But your soul has its own way of communicating with you. But the question is will you listen? Now, here's what people get twisted. I take a quote from Viktor E. Frankl, he was a concentration camp survivor of the Holocaust. And he says Between stimulus and response, There is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. There we go. I think that's exactly what people are missing right now. The whole idea of a space. That between what happens to you and what you do after what has happened to you, there is a space. There is always a space. And that space is where the role of decisions comes in. We sometimes can't control how we were raised and the things that may have happened to us, but we do have the power to decide how this can impact our lives, for good or for bad. We don't control sometimes how we feel. We don't control the thoughts that we have. But upon receiving a thought, we can make a decision whether to act on the thought or not to act on it. The same goes for feelings. So Let's stop talking about how the dream is still on for a moment. Let's stop talking about external achievements. And let's reflect on a quote by Dr. Susan David, the author of Emotional Agility. What will it take internally to help us to be successful externally? And this whole notion of what will it take internally refers to mentally, emotionally, and even some of the self stories that we tell ourselves. And so that's my question to you today as young moms. Yes, the dream is still on, but what is it going to take to be healthy enough on the inside to produce a life of success and fulfillment that we want on the outside? I think I've come to realize that everybody is searching for fulfillment. Everybody you see chasing something or chasing dreams, at the end of it, everybody is chasing fulfillment. And so the question is, what is it going to take internally to be able to get this fulfillment externally? Because I think many of us are guilty of violating our souls. We're doing things that aren't driven from the inside, and these are making people sick in their bodies. It's producing stress and even affects our ability to lead productive lives. I mean, according to the World Health Organization, the number one cause of disability is actually depression. And so something on the inside is responsible for an issue on the outside? Come on, guys. There's got to be more work that we're willing to do on the inside. But the thing is, some of us on the outside look like we have it all together. And so what if I told you that some of the most admirable things have their roots in dysfunction? That sometimes we applaud external achievements because these gratify our egos. But these are actually rooted in dysfunctional thoughts, dysfunctional emotions. And so sometimes we use external achievements to cover up our emotional dysfunctions. But if you ask me, maybe, and just maybe, this COVID season came to help us create the space that Viktor Frankl is talking about a space for us to just face our souls. We need time to just face our souls. And I totally agree with that. And I think that some people create space differently in order for them to tend to their souls. Some people pray, some people meditate, some go into therapy, and some even do breathing exercises or even gym. But here are some practical steps for me, my practical steps at least on how to create space. I just wanted to share with you guys four things that have helped me, at least, in my journey of tending the soul daily. Number one, and I think for me, by far, the greatest starting point, number one is honesty. Be willing to be honest with yourself about where you are. This requires you to name what you feel. Be honest about your thoughts, even to yourself, because what you won't admit cannot be healed. And I say this because it's not just about the discipline of prayer, you know, and I I specifically speak on prayer because that's what I do. It's not just the discipline of prayer. For me, prayer is a safe space where I can walk into my prayer closet and tell God how I feel, because God has got enough to be able to handle how I feel. And so I truly, truly value being honest about how I feel because I feel like God can't heal what we won't admit. And so the most important thing is to do that emotional check to say, this is how I'm feeling, God. I'm not saying what I'm feeling is right. But the most important part to start with is that I'm feeling a certain thing. The second part that I thought or that I think has helped me in my journey of tending the soul is removing yourself. You know, it's essential that you recognize that you are not what you've been through. You are not what they say you are. You have a separate identity to your experiences. In the moment of your experience, whether it's a past experience or a present one, may you learn to separate yourself from what is happening to you. So if I'm in a room, and somebody is condescending towards me i've had to learn to understand that how some people may treat me is not a reflection of my value or if you look at it another way i may have done that but i am not that especially with being a young mom and unwed you know there are a lot of social narratives that can start to become our own stories in our own head and how we talk to ourselves So some people think that young moms are unambitious young girls who have no future. And learning to remove yourself means saying to yourself, I am a young mom, but as Lelo, I am ambitious. I have a great future ahead of me. And I'm going to make a valuable contribution to the earth. So learn to distinguish who you are versus what you've done or what has happened to you. Okay. A third point is negating the narrative. See, once you're honest about your feelings and thoughts, you can see that you are separate from them. You'll also be able to see what lie has been keeping them in place. If you're struggling with fear of being rejected, for instance, you'll be able to look at your life and tell where that lie has held its place. For example, you'll be able to notice when you started to try hard to be accepted in fear of being rejected. And a great way to negate bad thought patterns or emotions, or even a narrative, is through the use of affirmations. Now, affirmations aren't a bunch of wishes. It's the correcting statement to dismantle the lie that you've always believed. It is said in the affirmative. So you say something like, I am beautiful. I am valuable. I am a solution. I am a problem solver, etc. You know, so you can write these down to correct the negative thoughts or narratives that you're struggling with. And it's more than just saying it once. You can write them up on a wall and you can keep them in front of you throughout the day. Sometimes we have to speak to ourselves in ways our parents or friends have never spoken to us. Affirmations is you talking to you in a way you would hope other people would have spoken to you. And so a fourth point is choose you always. See, in the previous step where we make affirmations, you are effectively correcting the wrong belief or emotion or narrative with the right one. It's replacing a lie with a truth. And once you get to a place where you have established a truth about who you are and your value, you have to choose you always. Always choose the truth about you. Experiences will come that want to present a lie to you about you. But you have to stay committed to the truth about yourself. So for example, a truth that I stand with and an affirmation for me is that I am a solution. I am a problem solver. So when I walk into the room, solutions come into the room. And so there'll always be situations that come and want to negate that truth. And I constantly have to defend that truth and to continue to remind myself, I'm going to choose that I am a solution. So when a situation presents itself, That is insinuating that I might be a problem or insinuating that I don't have a solution to a thing or I can't solve a certain thing. You know, I continue to move forward and to choose myself to say, but I know that I am a solution. I know that I am a problem solver. And so the reason I must choose it always is because there will always be a fight. You know, something is always going to come up that's going to want to negate this truth. And so tending the soul. Is really not a once off exercise. It's a daily thing. You know, as people, we eat and we bath daily. What makes us think that we don't need to do our work daily on our souls? You need to remember that some of the narratives and thought patterns you will negate have been in your mind since you were a little child. And so a once off exercise is not going to cut it. And so as you do this tending daily, it's like gardening your soul. It's like removing weeds and sowing new seeds. And before you know it, you'll be living in a new reality. So I agree with Victor E. Frankel. There is a space between stimulus and response. And in that space, there is an opportunity to pivot and to create a new reality that ushers in the fulfillment we want in our lives. So we need to be deliberate about creating the space, this place where we Decide whether we want to accept the stinking thinking or we actually want to choose ourselves and choose our true selves. You know, a space where we can decide what we want to do with the thoughts and the emotions we have instead of the emotions and the thoughts having us. The question is though, will we notice them? Will we hear them and decide what to do with them? Or will we continue reaching for external things to cover up for the emotions? we refuse to face. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm tending my soul. I want to live my life inside out. We can spend all our time talking about our dreams, but the one thing that can trip us up continuously on our way there may be in our souls. It could be a limiting belief, a narrative, an emotion that may end up controlling us. And so I hope that even as you listen to this conversation you will begin to identify thought patterns belief systems narratives that you've that have held you captive instead of you holding them captive you know emotions that have controlled you certain things that might have been said about you that have sought to control you and have stopped you from moving forward i think that we live in a culture where everything is so external we live in a culture where we celebrate achievements so much. And I do think that we run the risk of ignoring what's really going on within our souls. And so my encouragement to all the listeners today is really to say, let's tend our souls. You know, let's let's pay attention to what's really happening on the inside. Now, creating space is not saying create five hours a day. Take a few minutes every morning before you wake up just to do a check-in with yourself. If you're praying, pray. If you meditate. Meditate. Mm-hmm. But center yourself and give yourself space to just tend your soul. Ask yourself, how am I feeling today? Why do I feel this way? You know, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? What is it about? You may not figure it out immediately, but at least you're tending your soul. You're turning the soil and you're asking questions. And where there are weeds, you'll be able to pluck them out and to sow a new seed. And that's what affirmations are, really. It's us deciding that we're going to sow new seeds into the soils of our hearts. And so today that's just my encouragement to you. I hope that this was useful and helpful to you. I hope that it will just encourage you to just pause for a moment and just tend, you know, ask yourself these questions. Because we're human, you know, and and I think that maybe not miss the opportunity that this season presents to us. To, to dig deep and to question ourselves and to question the things that we've always held true. And so, yeah, so take care of yourselves. Um, yeah, until next time from me, Lele.